When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Liverpool, the Dark Paranormal, Season 13. Hi everyone and welcome to Episode 4, Season 13 of the Dark Paranormal. First and foremost, a huge thank you to everyone who reached out following Episode 3. Many people have got in touch since, saying they've had their own encounter with what they believe is a psychopomp. That seemingly ambivalent presence that makes itself known around the time of either yours or someone else's death. However, for episode 4, we're going to hear all about one individual's paranormal experiences throughout their life. But before we get to today's true paranormal experience, we of course need to thank our wonderful team members over at Patreon. When you sign up to Patreon, not only will you receive these episodes both ad-free and before everyone else, but you can also gain exclusive access to our Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. Dark Bites is a show which releases each and every Sunday of the year, even on the downtime in between seasons, meaning our Patreons never miss their dark paranormal fix. And currently there's an entire back catalogue of well over 50 hours of Patreon-only material to binge through. But the best thing about our Patreon team is the community itself. We've built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over at Patreon. And we'd love to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. And of course, when you join our team, I'll give you a shout out on the show as a thank you. So stay tuned at the end of the show if you've recently signed up. From episode 5 onwards, we'll move the Patreon names back to the beginning of the show. That way you won't have to wait as long to hear your thank you and your shout out. And for those concerned that that will mean it takes longer to get to the main story, don't worry, I'll be sure to keep the preamble to a minimum. And speaking of lessening the preamble, it's time. Lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, and most importantly, leave your disbelief at the door. As we hear all about the good, the bad, and the devious. My name is Mackenzie, and I'm writing to you from a small town in Tennessee, USA. I've worked at the same restaurant for nine years, and my mornings are full of prep work and your spooky podcast. I never felt the need to write down, well, really, my life story until I listened to your podcast. 
the way you tell the true listener stories in an almost poetic way really drew my attention, and most of all, my fear. Even though I listened to most of them during the day, I have been kept awake at night, being truly afraid of the dark corner of my room, more than I felt in years. So after taking weeks to write all of this down, here are my experiences. They start around the age of six. As far back as I can remember, I've had vivid dreams and horrifying nightmares. The first nightmare I remember is of myself in what appears to be a carnival, but one from a different time. I'm walking through the festivities, holding my parents' hand, well, at least what I think are my parents' hands, but I can't see their faces. I can feel how happy I am to be watching everything happen in front of me. But then suddenly, the dream changes, and it's now nighttime. I'm running through that same area, but now I'm the only one there. I don't understand why I'm running, but then I see him. It's always felt like something else, something I can't put into words, but it was always shaped like a man, so I always called it him. He is tall, like seven feet tall. His arms are long and lanky, too long for his body. His eyes are dark and deep, as if I can see straight through them, and worst of all, his face is painted horrifically into a distorted clown's makeup. I try to scream, but as happens in nightmares, nothing comes out. I run and run and run, but I can never get away from him. He gets up close to me, grabs me by the neck, and I wake up. I must have been screaming because my mother comes bursting into the room and she tries to console me, but I can't stop crying. I remember sleeping in my parents' room that night and every other night for a long, long time. After that first nightmare, I don't recall having it anymore. Not until I started sleeping in my own room again. Same exact dream every night, for what felt like months. Until I finally just became numb to it, no longer waking up screaming. One night, I woke up and I was facing the corner of my room. I thought... I could see something, standing in the corner, but I couldn't quite place it. It was a tall, dark shadow. But I blinked and it was gone. I think my six-year-old brain did not want to acknowledge it that much. So I let this first time drift into a memory. But then it started happening over and over again. Every night I would have the same terrifying nightmare, followed by waking up in a sweat and seeing this dark shadow lingering in the corner. I could feel an anger, a depression seeping from it. That corner always felt like a darkness. A darkness that could swallow anything whole. 
The last night I remember having the nightmare, I woke up again to the shadow in the corner. I rolled over like I always did to avoid it. And as I did so, there was a face, inches from mine. My entire body froze in fear. I blinked, but it was still there. I can't remember exactly what it looked like, but I will always remember it was very white, with an almost painted-on grin. As an adult, I honestly think it was the same thing, the it, the him, that I encountered in my dreams. Now, I've never told my parents what I saw. I've never told anyone. For some reason, I thought if I never acknowledged it, it would go away. I just begged my mum to put a nightlight in after that, and she put one in that very corner, and I would no longer see the figure in the corner of the room after the nightmares. And eventually, the nightmares went from every night, to every other day, to once a week, until, thankfully, I no longer had the nightmare at all. Flash forward a few years later, and we'd moved into the last house that we lived together as a family. The house was big to my ten-year-old self. It had a huge yard and a fence. I remember making friends with the boy who lived behind us. I met him one day whilst I was playing outside with our dog, Leo. He waved at me from over the fence and we started talking. We instantly became friends and realised we both had the same birthday, November the 1st. He had an older sister and she would watch us at their house whilst my parents were working or running errands. By this time, my parents were fighting a lot. And the only time I felt at ease was when I was with them. One summer night, all of us, his sister, his sister's friend, him and I, decided that we would take a walk to see this old abandoned house nearby and see if we could get inside. The house was known locally as the haunted house. It sat at the end of the street on a huge corner lot. When you got up close, you could see just how overgrown the shrubs were. The grass was almost as tall as me. Some of the windows were boarded up and some weren't. You could tell that at one point, this house was beautiful. A big red door, a wraparound porch, all telltale signs that this was once an old southern home. On the odd occasion my mother and I would take a walk with the dog, the house always gave off a dark feeling. And I think my mother felt the same, because we would always cross the street just to get away from that house. But anyway, back to the night we were those silly kids and tried to explore the haunted house. When we were close enough to the front of the fence, my friend's sister dared us to go and knock on the front door, wait a minute or two, and then try to push the door open and go inside. My friend was clearly terrified, and he looked at me, maybe for encouragement, 
but I know that I look just as terrified. But I wanted to prove to the big kids that I could hang. So, by myself, I walked through the gate and headed up the steps to that big red door. I took a deep breath and I knocked three times. I stood there, holding my breath, trying to gain the courage to push open the door. Finally, I grabbed the handle and I turned, but right before the door opened, three loud knocks from the other side of the door pierced the dead silence. I froze, paralyzed in fear. I finally snapped out of it and ran. I ran past my terrified friend and his laughing older sister. I could hear my friend calling my name, trying to chase after me. But I didn't stop. I didn't stop as I climbed over the fence, scraping my knee on a loose piece of metal fence. I still have that scar. I didn't stop until I was through my front door. My mother, who was just watching TV, saw my terrified face first, then my scraped knee seconds later. By the time mother sat me down to tend to my scraped knee, I could still feel tears running down my face. I'm not exactly sure how long after that encounter my parents divorced, but soon we were leaving that house, and my mother was moving in with a friend and my dad was getting his own apartment. Nothing paranormal happened to me for a long time. And I would also like to say that my mother's house, regardless of where she moved, was never haunted. I never had a single paranormal incident that took place at my mother's. A few years later, my dad had finished college, and he remarried and was promoted at work. We moved into a fairly large house. He was travelling to places like Japan, the Great Wall of China, Europe. And my dad, being a great collector, loved bringing back gifts for us. Beautiful handmade dresses from China, religious souvenirs from Jerusalem, many, many beautiful things. After one trip away, dad brought home something he picked up randomly. It was an old wooden keepsake box. Really old. The guy who sold it to him said it was from World War II. Apparently, some soldiers would have a box like this that they would keep small things in that reminded them of home. Pictures, jewellery, letters, etc. It was simple, but my dad, being a history fanatic, decided it was a great artefact. He brought it home and showed it to my sister and I, and then placed it on a shelf in the library, and life went on. I can't remember exactly when the activity started, but it must have been around my 13th birthday that I started feeling watched in the house. I was now old enough to watch my sister alone, so we were home alone a lot, waiting for my dad to return from work. Around this time, my sister and I would constantly hear footsteps upstairs in my room. 
loud steps, like someone was walking around in large boots. But then, when I would be laying in bed at night, I would hear the same footsteps. But now, they were above me. But we didn't have an attic, just the roof. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. It got to the point that I would be awakened by these loud steps on the ceiling almost every night. I would wake up so scared that I couldn't breathe. I realized later I was most likely having a panic attack. Eventually, I started sleeping with the lights on and even convinced my sister to switch rooms. It didn't matter, though. The footsteps would still be above my head every night. When my 13th birthday came around, I wanted a big Halloween sleepover. With my birthday being November the 1st, I always loved Halloween, and my dad went all out. He set up the garage to look like a haunted house. Black trash bags over the walls, spooky skeletons, masks everywhere, even a fog machine. I invited a bunch of girls over on Halloween night, and we were going to stay up past midnight to celebrate my birthday. 
We had our cake and presents earlier in the day, so we could go trick-or-treating at night. We ventured out around 6pm to collect our candy, and we headed back to my house and watched a scary movie in the living room, while stuffing our faces with chocolate. Around midnight, my dad had gone upstairs, leaving us downstairs to our own devices. One of my friends decided it would be a cool idea to go on a late-night walk. So, we all got up and headed outside. I don't know how we ended up at the little creek, not too far from my backyard, but we did. We were all talking, having a great time, when I looked up and across the creek to the other side. And there stood a small boy directly across from me, staring back directly at us. I shushed the girls and told them to look, pointing in the direction of the boy. Everyone fell quiet. He was just glaring at us. One of my friends spoke first, asking if he was okay, but he didn't say anything. He didn't move. Then he lifted his hand, pointed in our direction. We were all staring, waiting for the next thing to happen, and he just disappeared, literally fading away. The next thing I remember is us all running back towards my house. Once we got inside, we shut the door immediately and locked it. I turned around and looked at my friends, who were clearly as terrified as me. Did you all see what I saw? Everyone just slowly nodded in disbelief. I don't know why, but none of us talked about it ever again. Later on in life, I was visiting with one of those friends, and I asked her about that night. But as soon as I brought it up, her face changed, and she said, No, I I don't remember that. And then she quickly changed the subject. Without going into too much detail, a couple of years later, my dad got his second divorce and started looking for a new place to live. My dad had bought a new home and was moving in with his new fiancée. Yes, he was getting married again. This new house, well, new to us, was built in the 1700s in a very small town not too far from our hometown. The town maybe had a thousand people living in it. The house was on the main street of this town, called Trenton. The bones of this house were breathtaking. But even my 17-year-old self knew it was going to take a lot of love, money and time to get this place back to its former glory. Before we moved in, we were packing up the house when my dad's new fiancé, my sister and myself, were walking up the stairs. Out of nowhere, my sister almost fell backwards down the stairs. She turned around and was about to yell at me for yanking her hair when she sees my face. And she could tell my face was in complete shock. And that was because... I saw her hair get yanked backwards, inches from my face. But whatever pulled her hair, I couldn't see. My dad's fiancé must have seen it too, 
because she rushed us out of that house into the car and had us leave for the night. On another occasion, my friends and I were bored, so I decided to drive them out to our new home, kinda show it off to them. We pulled into the front yard and we got out. We were walking round the backyard and looking up at the second story when I caught something in the corner of my eye. I could see something standing in the upstairs window. Now, this was before my dad had done any work. The floors upstairs were completely unfinished. In essence, there was no way someone could be stood up there. I honestly don't know why, but I ignored it. And we got back in my car and drove away. I didn't want to acknowledge it, I guess. Maybe I didn't want to believe we were moving into yet another haunted house. My sister and I were still going to and from Mum's house. And on the weekends, we would come to the house in Trenton and help Dad with the things that we could help with. Just to give a quick description of this lovely home, it was a house straight from a southern plantation picture book. Huge white pillars on a wraparound front porch. When you walked in the front door, there was a huge staircase leading up to the second floor. The living room was on your left, a sitting room to your right, and the ceiling was at least 15 feet high. And that itself held a beautiful original chandelier hanging in the middle of the walkway. Directly behind the stairs was my room and the master bedroom. Then there was a very large bathroom with one of those old clawfoot bathtubs. Behind that was the kitchen and that led to a hallway which in turn led to the sunroom. Three bedrooms and another bathroom were on the second floor and the attic was near the front end of the house. It took about a year for my dad to get the house completely finished. And once done, he was moving in my new stepmom and her two sons. We were going to be one big blended family. But as soon as we moved in, activity started. Now, I'm not kidding when I say the first night we moved in, crazy shit happened. I would always hear footsteps going up and down the stairs. Every room felt like there was more than just you in it, if you know what I mean. Those loud boots that I would hear above my head returned. Lots and lots of noises that couldn't be rationalized by just saying, oh, it's the house settling. Next is a combination of mine and my sister's worst encounter. My sister had gotten up in the middle of the night to go and get something to drink, and she walked directly into the kitchen without turning on the light. She took a drink from the fridge, and on turning around, she heard a very loud, very angry man say, Get out! I heard her screaming, and I jumped out of my bed, running into the kitchen. I went for the light switch, but right before I did, I saw a huge dark shadow in the corner that my sister was already fixated on. It was as tall as the ceiling, but once I turned the light on, it was gone. 
I looked at my sister, who was obviously terrified. She couldn't tell me her side of the story for weeks. She spent the next few weeks sleeping in my room whenever we did stay at Dad's. Now, before I recall the following experiences, I need to say that my stepmom was a huge non-believer in the paranormal before we moved into this house. But I'm almost certain she believes now. I wasn't there for this encounter, but I think about it all the time. My dad and stepmom were sitting in the living room watching TV. Just a normal night. And they start hearing footsteps upstairs. They could faintly hear my little stepbrother's toys being played with. And the sound of his basketball on the floor. It took them both a minute or two to realise that both of my stepbrothers were at their father's house. And my sister and I were at my mum's. My dad said they flew upstairs to see what they were hearing. And when they opened the door, all of his toys were scattered all over the place. My stepmom, a previous sceptic, made my dad get a hotel room for the rest of the weekend. The next experience was just a few months later. My dad, stepmom and I were watching TV downstairs, when all of a sudden my stepmom jumped from her sitting position and ran upstairs to the boys' room. We followed, not a clue what was going on, and when we reached the stairs, my little stepbrother's face was turning blue. He couldn't breathe. We called 911 and spent the night at the hospital. It turns out my other stepbrother had dared him to swallow a quarter, and he was minutes away from choking and dying. He had to have surgery to get it out. When my dad asked my stepmom how she knew, tears welled up in her eyes, and she said, someone whispered in her ear, Check on him now. He's dying. After that happened, my stepmom no longer wanted to live in that house, and I can't say I blame her. By this time, my sister and I were staying more at my mum's, just to get away from the activity. I was about to move into my first apartment when my stepmom and dad put the house up for sale. My dad wanted to bring a medium in to bless the house before any new tenants moved in. So, that's what we did. I can't remember her name, but when the medium lady arrived, she was immediately hit with what she called a wave of spirit energy, both good and bad. She told us there were a total of 13 spirits in this one home. Some good, some bad, and some devious. One was a ghost of a little girl, who died here when the house was first built. She was buried in the graveyard, about a hundred feet from the house. Another was an old woman, who had died in the house, and she was the last one to own it before my father did. Apparently she was a good energy, 
And to this day, my dad believes it was her that helped my little brother that day. Another spirit was of a man. A man who had hung himself in the downstairs bathroom. But, worst of them all, was a tall black figure. One she couldn't quite put a face on. One that lurked in the kitchen. Then she described a soldier ghost. One that was attached to something in the house. Of course, my mind went directly to the box my dad had brought from overseas. I told her about how the last house had been haunted, and she agreed that most likely this ghost had followed us to the new house. She told us that he was killed in battle, and still protects his surroundings at night, which is why I would be hearing the loud footsteps. He was still patrolling, still protecting, even after death. Before she left, she blessed every room, and I know people say this, but sincerely, the house felt different, lighter. To this day, when I drive past the house, I always wonder if the people who bought it hear and see the things we did. Since they've been there for around 12 years now, I'm assuming they don't. My dad and stepmom got a divorce and split up not too long after they sold that house. I'd been living in my own apartment, but after a falling out, I moved back in with my dad and sister in the new house he'd bought. It was still in Trenton, but it was outside the city limits. I was 18 and going to college, therefore largely out of the house. But the few times I would stay the night at home, I would always hear those loud boots on the floor at night, and sometimes still above my head. I've come to the conclusion that the soldier ghost will always be around my dad's house, protecting. There was a strange occurrence that happened at that house though, and I don't think it was the soldier. I was watching TV when I heard the washer lid slam shut. It was so loud it took me a minute to realise it was the lid. Now, this was a heavy lid. It couldn't be shut without some force. I told my dad about it, and he told me it had happened to him several times before. I lived there about a year before I moved out again. One night, my dad and I were talking about the old house and about all the stuff we never told each other. My dad's always been a believer in the paranormal, and that night, I got a true family history lesson. My grandmother was what people today call a dream walker. She would be able to leave her body as she was dreaming and walk around. Her spirit would travel to far-off places and not-so-far-off places, and she would be able to know what something looked like without ever having been there. Apparently, my dad also has this gift, and I'd never known. He opened up to me about leaving his body whilst dreaming in the old house in Trenton, and seeing all of the ghosts that were there. He said he didn't want to tell me anything, 
because he didn't want us to be more frightened than we already were. Looking back, it makes sense that my family has some type of ability, as I've always felt that I could sense paranormal things before they happened. Most recently, I moved back in with my dad after I adopted my niece. Without going into too much detail, my sister could no longer look after her, and I now have full custody of my beautiful daughter, Evelyn. My dad has been remarried again for a few years now, and they bought a huge house that they live in now, in Woodlawn. The house is beautiful. And when I adopted my daughter and became a single mum, I couldn't afford to live on my own. And so my dad made the upstairs into a little apartment for us. When we first moved in, I would hear those footsteps again. The loud ones above my head and around my room. But this no longer scares me, so I barely acknowledge it. What did scare me? was Evelyn waking up every night for the first three months at 3am screaming bloody murder. It would always be at or around 3am every time. I would run in there and she would be looking up into the corner of the ceiling and crying. One night it happened and I woke up and started walking towards the room when I heard a very loud... I nearly jumped out of my skin. I grabbed Evelyn and let her sleep in my bed that night. This next experience is my dad's. He was walking in the backyard when he saw a little girl wearing a dress walking across the tree line. He said he knew she was a spirit because she was gliding more than walking. He also said he was sitting in the living room one night, and when he looked towards the window that faces the backyard, the same little girl had her face pressed against the window. But just before that, he heard a light. I've not personally seen the little girl, but I've heard the voices. Voices that seemed to come from the surrounding woods on several occasions. I've done some research on the land the house is built on, and the area we live in is very close to where a civil war battle happened, and not too far from where a house stood that was used for treating the dying and wounded from the war. The Battle of Riggins Hill is what it was called, and several hundred troops had once walked across our land. A few months later, and I met my now fiancé, and she moved in with me and Evelyn at my dad's. One morning, we wake up, and she turns and tells me about this terrible dream she had. Or, at least she thinks it was a dream. She woke up and couldn't move. She tried screaming my name, but nothing came out. She looked towards the foot of our bed and could see something in the dark. Something crawling across the floor in our direction. She screamed again and again, nothing came out. She then said the next thing she knew she was waking up, and it was morning time and everything was fine. I didn't tell her for a long time, but I have the exact same dream 
when I first moved into this room. Also, one night I was coming home late from work. I pulled into the driveway and started walking towards the front door. The house is surrounded by woods as my dad owns about seven acres of land. I don't know why, but I looked off into the trees to my right, and I saw someone standing in the tree line. I know it wasn't an animal, because I could see its face, and it was very human. And it was, from what I could tell, a man. I fumbled with my keys in my hand until I finally got into the house, and I ran upstairs to my fiancé. Just last week, my fiancé and I moved into our own place, and we're getting married on September the 9th of this year. We're very happy to have a place of our own. I'm just hoping that this place is free of all the things that go bump in the night. But I will say this. My daughter started sleepwalking recently, and my dad told me that when he first started dreamwalking, he would sleepwalk, ending up in places with no idea how he'd gotten there. So we've added motion-sensitive cameras to our new place, just to be on the safe side. Thank you for reading my paranormal life story, Mackenzie. Wow, Mackenzie, thank you so much for such a compelling tale of experiences throughout your life. Personally, I've not heard of the term dreamwalking before, but I have heard of the term astral projection, which sounds pretty much identical to what you describe here. Now, the interesting thing is, with many traits genetic-wise, they say they skip a generation. And it would appear this dreamwalking has done just that. So please, Mackenzie, do keep us up to date with any more happenings that take place. So that about wraps things up for episode 4 of season 13 of The Dark Paranormal. All that's left for me to do is to say a wonderful thank you to our newest Patreons. Don't forget, if you'd like early ad-free releases of all episodes, including debuts, finales, and any specials, plus access to the entire back catalogue of Dark Bites, simply head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal, just like the following wonderful new team members have. Anthony Hicks, Kimmy, Diana Gillian, Bailey Rolfing, Sabina Collini, Michelle Bell, T. O'Neill, Natasha W., Helen Gallagher, Jordan Panibianco, Alison Tolkien, Kirsty Torvenen, Alana Valelli, Holly, Taylor Heckman, Shell Bell, Victoria Velardi, Siobhan Lawrence, LaShawn Bush, Christian, Jenna Steen, Jason Murray, Karen C., Laurie J. Morrison, Bunny, Judith Eckhart, Sean Cole, Sabrina Seaborn, Angie Hackett, Dark Rage 44, Lithosphere Mins, Kyra Fever, Sean DeMont, Diana Alexander, Heard, Alison O'Sullivan, Patrick Shorey, Alison Stubbs, Alex May, Lauren Wilkes, Steph Pearson, Kirsten Kapar, Brenda Ansel, Emily Rodrup, Chris Boylan, Nick Whitley, Sarah Tanksley, Teddy Moatha, and Jenny Rullison. Thank you so much, guys. Your support truly means the world. And I hope you enjoy all the early ad-free content and, of course, those Dark Bites episodes. I'll speak to you next for a mini-sode on Wednesday and then, of course, episode 5 on Friday. Unless you're a Patreon, of course, in which case I'll speak to you Sunday for this week's instalment of Dark Bites. So, until next time, remember, 
When you're discussing the paranormal, always try and leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next week, right here, for episode 5 of The Dark Paranormal. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.